This episode of the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast is brought to you by Big Bob's Beepers. I'm Big Bob Pataki, the Beeper King. Remember, we'll beat any advertised price unless it's lower. Come on down to our Beeper Emporium this Saturday for our annual Spelling Bee sale. If my daughter Helga doesn't win the contest, you get your first Beeper free. And remember, Big Bob's Beepers! Not available at any retail store near you. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon! From Nickelodeon Studios in Burbank, California, this is the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Hector Navarro. I am so thrilled to be here in the recording booth at Nickelodeon Animation Studios. We're talking today to Mr. Butch Hartman. He has been here for over 15 years making cartoons for Nickelodeon. The Fairly Odd Parents first premiered as a Nicktoon show in 2001. That means that 2016 is the 15th anniversary of the show, which is incredible. Cannot wait to talk to him. Let's get on with the show. Very nice to meet you. Thanks so much for doing this. A pleasure. You're just very nice today. Uh, people can't see it, but I, let me Thank just tell you. the people listening, sexy man sitting here. I Whoa, I appreciate that. Yeah. I was going to tell you, you're in phenomenal shape. Oh, you're th- in really good shape. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I think you're Thank one you. of those rare breed of, of animators that are like, I, I think you take your fitness very seriously. I do. You look I, great. You I, look great. I do indeed. I've got like seven clones of myself at mm-hmm. home. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was born in uh, 1871. That's so. why your cartoons are so funny. That's because you've heard all of the jokes. You've heard every joke. <laughs> I've heard it all. Yeah. I've, ha- I've heard it all and I'm, I'm done with everything. Let's start with, Butch, let's start with, uh, do you remember your first memory of animation. I do. That's very interesting you should ask that. Yeah. Um, I have a couple memories. The very first, I have two memories uh, that are pretty vivid. The first memory I have is my father um, took uh, took me to the theater back in the day. This was, kids, this is back before you could look at anything you wanted on your phones. I know it's hard to believe. In ancient time, um, <laughs> we, we'd go to, we went to the movie theater and we saw The Jungle Book. When it first came out, uh, Disney's Jungle Book. And I remember uh, there's a scene where the elephants are walking through the jungle. And I got up and I was marching like the elephants in the the aisle. Uh, And I remember that very vividly because I remember the design of the elephants and what they looked like. And I remember um, that whole, uh, just the look of the Jungle Book really stuck with me. And that's why that movie is still very special to me. Did you do that a lot? Did you used to watch cartoons and kind of do the voices and emulate it or like look at how they were moved? And how they how the animation was done and how the characters moved and then maybe recreated or try to act it out anything like that. I did. Like you yeah. know, I, I remember um, the first thing I ever remember drawing and getting attention for was I drew a picture of my kindergarten teacher. She had us all draw. It was assignment was all oh, everyone draw a picture of me. Yeah. Uh, the teacher said, uh, not me. I didn't say it. The teacher yeah. said. And then uh, we all drew a picture. No big deal. And my teacher started raving about it, like my picture that I drew. Yeah. And I had no idea what the big deal was, but she made a big deal out of it, and I realized, oh wow, if I draw pictures, I can get attention from adults and. and and maybe the hitting will stop, you know. Yeah. So I, um, I, I, so I got no, there was no hitting. It's great. Joking. Yeah. But um, um, so I realized I could do that. So I really started to emulate. I would, I would look at, and I loved comic books too. Yeah. And I would, yeah, I would collect Marvel comics and DC, and I would actually mm-hmm. draw out of the comic books. Yeah. And um, I always tell people out there too, um, especially aspiring animators and writers, if you like to do what you do, mm-hmm. hang out with other people that do it. Because I used to hang out with other nerds back before being a nerd was very cool. That's so rare. How'd you find them Oh, they, the internet? Oh, oh in high school? Are you yeah. kidding? No, we yeah, just okay. in high school. Come on, it was high school. You gravitated towards each other. Yeah, I yeah. think our zits attracted each other. Yeah. Yeah, there was, was like a magnetic <laughs> pull. Yes. Yeah, so, um, but no, no, we went, uh, we would hang out together and just draw cartoons and we yeah. would draw comic books and play. we would play Dungeons and Dragons when that first came out, you know, yeah. and 
So uh, my storytelling abilities were start, starting to form, and I really realized I love to tell stories. I love to make my own comics and my own... Um, I didn't make my own animation at the time, sure. but I, I had a Super 8 camera. We would make our own movies and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, you know, uh, and I would take... You know, I, my brother would be, an, uh, would be a space Avenger, and he'd have a squirt gun, and he would go like this yeah. as we shot the movie. Then I'd get the film back. He had to send it out to get developed. It would come back, and yeah. I would scratch little... Um, Cool. Little laser beams in the emulsion of the so film. Cool. It was high. It was high quality special effects. Yeah, absolutely. Transformers <laughs> quality. Let's go back to this for a second because I'm a huge comic book guy as well. Mm. Did you have a favorite comic book? Character superhero series growing up. What was your favorite? What's some yeah, of your influences? Uh, big time was a big time Superman fan. Sure, Superman for sure. And then the nineteen seventy eight movie with Christopher Reeve came oh, out. Yeah, and to me, still the best Superman movie. Yeah, uh, I, I but I love Superman and I loved uh, Spider Man too. I love Spider Man. I'd, I'd love I'd love to get more deep on people and go like, no, I really love this second the secondary no, character in the Justice League. You know, I no no I really like just the classic guys. And it it, it makes it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. because you just said the word right there, the keyword classic. Yeah. I think you've probably heard this before. Mm -hmm. Your cartoons, Butch, they feel classic, even oh, though they're good. modern. Do you know what I mean? They have yeah. this great feeling of of uh, of, of warmth and and uh, uh, you know, sort of classic uh, Warner Brothers style, Hanna Barbera style. These great, great things, and yet they're being made in the two thousands and the two thousand tens. Well, I really so, appreciate yeah, that because yeah. I mean, I think um, when we use the word classic, I think what that comes down to, I hope it means for most people, is it's good storytelling because you want the story to last forever. And I think when you know, when I first sold Fairly Odd Parents here at Nickelodeon, the first one of the first things. They asked me was, do you want to spend a lot of money on the art? And I said, well, <laughs> no, I want to spend money on the writing, the storytelling. Because, I yeah. mean, it'd be nice if we could spend money on the art, but the storytelling <laughs> has to come first because um, an example I point to is the Farside comic strip. Sure. Well, one of the most horribly drawn comic strips of all time, <laughs> but always funny. Yeah. Always really funny, you know? And so it doesn't matter what it looks like as much. I mean, look at The Simpsons. That's a great example. Sure. The Simpsons look great now because it's The Simpsons, but when it first yeah. started, it was a very ugly... Very crude. Very crude cartoon. Absolutely. And But but still now, now it's got that style that we all love because it evolved into what it is today. So, uh, yeah. But again, the stories were hilarious on that show, and that's, that was the point I was making, yeah. So you were at CalArts, but then you had a... You got a job, uh, I think, at Don Bluth. I did. It was my first American job. American Tale. You have done your homework, my yes, friend. I a have. round of applause yeah. <laughs> from me. That's very good. Wow. It's easy. What else do you What else? Yeah, don't give yourself too much credit. Yeah, I'm no, just no, joking. No. I'm joking. Very <laughs> handsome. No. Um, no, I, I was working at actually I was at CalArts. Well, mm -hmm. I had a four I was at a four-year animation program. Sure. In our third year. And uh, we had to make a film every year. I made my first two films. And then my third year <clears throat> film came up. And um, I heard that they were looking for in-betweeners at Don Bluth because he was making an uh, animated feature called American Tale. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us were like, oh my gosh, we could go get jobs as in-betweeners. This would be so exciting. Yeah. Um, people who don't know an in-betweener is someone who does the the boring drawings in between the big extreme drawings back in the day. That's what they would do. Yes. And they still do it. Um, but anyway, so we all, three of my buddies and I went, two of my buddies and I went down to um, Don Bluth Studios in the Valley. And we got an in-between test. It was basically, there was drawing one they gave us, and then there was drawing three. And then we had to put drawing two in the middle, right? Yeah. And so we went home, and we worked really hard on our drawing, and took it back, and we all got jobs as animators on this movie. And cool. it was pretty, pretty cool. So I realized that... Uh, my my first, they paid you by the foot, the foot of film you did. Wow. So my first uh, scene was Fievel the mouse, little Fievel, and he was sleeping. He was just going, 
and just him breathing in and out. That's all it was. But it was like 800 feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I made like a thousand dollars. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And I did like four drawings. And it was like, but it, they were just repeated it over and over. Sure. This is the easiest money I ever made in my yeah. life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm a successful animator. My next scene was like 10 feet long, but it had 4,000 mice in it. And they yeah. were all at a dance. And I was like, okay, I see the, the good and bad yeah. of all this. <laughs> and I, I think you had to do like 90 feet of animation. And I did 88 feet. So I didn't get credit on the oh, uh, film. But to get I, credit, you had to do 90 You had to get 90 wow. feet. Yeah. So, well, um, uh, yeah. I think now all of our listeners know. Yes. Butch Hartman was on. All those American, American Tale fans yeah. who are huge fans. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> After working on some shows, you also did uh, Tom and Jerry Kids. Yes, Tom which and Jerry I loved Kids. as a kid. I did you really? I do. I remember that. The so Tom someone watched it. That's good. <laughs> I do. I remember that. that Very great. nice. So you did that, uh, and then you went over to Warner Brothers for a bit. Uh, sorry, Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera. Actually, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry Kids was at Hanna Barbera. Was yeah. at Hanna Barbera, mm-hmm. and then and and you were there when they were sort of in the early stages of like turning into Cartoon Network. Correct. Yeah. Like in fact, were... I got there the year before Turner bought them, and then uh, they became Cartoon Network. Yes. Yes. And Fred Seibert came in and uh, started running the place. You know, Fred started the shorts uh, cartoon program there. Yeah. And really opened up a big doorway for all of us young artists to pitch cartoon ideas. And yeah. what was just really funny is I never really realized I wanted to do cartoons on my own until someone opened up the doorway. And it was like, wow, we can do our own cartoons. I had no ideas. I had Very no clue cool. what I was doing. Very I knew cool. I could write jokes and I could write stories. So I teamed up with a couple of guys who worked on some ideas. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they weren't the greatest, but we mm-hmm. kept going and going. And then I uh, ended up. I, every cartoon I did got a little better. Got yeah. better. Like uh, the character designs are great, but the story was bad. They were then, pretty good, Butch. They were they, knocking yourself right now, but they were well, pretty good. Here's the funny thing: I'm doing my research about some of the shorts you worked on over there, mm-hmm. and. I didn't even have to look up uh, the short fish and chips. Fish and chips. Because yeah. I remembered that. I'm like, oh, you oh yeah, did? fish and chip, the cat that was like Scottish or something, and then shark. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I looked it up to confirm. I'm like, yep, that's Butch. Thanks that's for great. remembering it. So yeah. that stuck in there. I remember Gramps. Gramps, yeah. And uh, and then you did one other one. You did um, Hillbilly, uh, Hillbilly Blue. Blue. Hillbilly that's right. Blue, yeah. Great voices in that. Oh, that yeah, yeah. That was uh, the so, great Jeff Bennett in there, yeah. You could see, in my opinion, you could see the sort of early... Butch Hartman coming through. You could, I think, you could see stuff that would eventually show up and be crystal clear. Butch Hartman in Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, cool! Um, yeah. So they're so much fun to watch. They're great. Let's go back to how you put together the pitch for Fairly Odd Parents. Was this something that was in response to what a, you thought a network was looking for? Did you actually get like a mandate w- from a network saying, we're looking for this kind of cartoon? Or was it an idea that you just had? Because I got to tell you, just a side note, <laughs> just the premise alone, though, I think is the most brilliant, oh, pure, distilled, like cartoon idea. Where did that come from? Um, I, I was working on Johnny Bravo, mm-hmm. and uh, this was back in 97. And uh, uh, Fred Seibert and Hanna-Barbera, he was doing the um, What a Cartoon series. Yep. All the short cartoons. Mm-hmm. And he was leaving to come over to Nickelodeon, and he said, "Hey, Butch, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm starting basically the same thing at Nickelodeon. We're gonna call it the Oh Yeah Cartoon Series. You got any yeah. ideas?" Yeah. But I was working on Johnny Bravo at the time, and I said, "No, Fred, I'm kind of loyal over here to Johnny Bravo. I don't, I'm not gonna leave." He goes, "Well, okay. Well, the slots are filling up. Let me know when you have an idea." Mm-hmm. About six, seven months go by. Johnny Bravo finishes. They're not picking it up. Now I don't have a job. Right. So I go, "Okay, I'm tired of working for other people. I'm gonna come up with my own thing." Had no idea at all. And so I call up Fred. I go, "You got any slots left?" He goes, "I have one slot left." 
And so I said, okay, hung up the phone and I sat at my desk and I just drew a little boy. I drew, I'm going to draw a cartoon about a little, I, I, you always write what you know. I'm, sure. I'm going to write a cartoon about a little boy. And I had other ideas I'd been working on sure. at the time, but I wasn't really happy with them. So I drew a little boy. It was Timmy Turner. I was going to name him Mike after my brother, Mike, but we had a fight that day. So <laughs> I, so I went, I scratched out Mike and I yeah. named up my other brother, Timmy. You know, I have a brother, Tim Hartman. Great. And so uh, Timmy, and then I drew, I wanted to be able to take Timmy and put him places very easily. I didn't want him to be stuck because I was a writer at this time. Mm-hmm. And we were stuck for a story transition. I'm like, what can I do? Okay, uh, I could give him science powers, like he could have science equipment. But I yeah. couldn't do science because Dexter's lab had already come out. Right. Which is another part of the pitch process. If you're going to pitch a show, you have to look at the network and see what they already have. Yes. You don't ever want to take in something that they're already doing. Like Nickelodeon right now has got 17 um, uh, martial arts cartoons on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, Kung Fu Panda, Ninja Turtles. You don't want to walk in with a martial arts cartoon right yeah. now. I don't think it's going to get picked up. So, but I said, okay, I can't do I can't do science, so I'll do magic. Magic would be fun. I didn't want to give Timmy the magic, though. I thought I'll give him a friend who has magic. So I drew Wanda first, mm-hmm. whose name was Venus initially. Mm-hmm. Drew Wanda. And then I thought I've never, I, I need her and she needs somebody to talk to other than Timmy. So I'd never <laughs> seen a fairy godfather before. That's where yeah. I drew Cosmo. And I named Cosmo after this guy at Hanna-Barbera. Bear, a great, old, great uh, classic animator guy, Kaz Anzalotti, Cosmo Anzalotti. Yeah. And Kaz was this guy, he'd come in my office, he was Italian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Butch, yeah, he was a producer, right? And he would talk like this. And so I named him after Cosmo. I don't know if he knows that, but um, so I had Cosmo and Wanda, and then I thought kids love to have secrets. Yeah. So they yeah. can turn into stuff in his room. Like I thought they could turn into his pet. So like, uh, like hamsters, and like birds, I, fish would be really funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I turned him into fish, and I needed a villain, so I brought the babysitter. In. Mm-hmm. And all of this took, not kidding around, about 15 minutes. I believe it. About I just drew it all, I and I was it. like, this is kind of funny. And I pitched it to Hanna-Barbera, and they turned it down. Mm-hmm. And Cartoon Network said, no, thank you, no. Yeah. And then uh, Fred, I called Fred with the one slot uh, open, and I went over to Nickelodeon and yeah. pitched it to him, and he bought it. Hey, Timmy! I'm Cosmo. I'm Wanda. And we're... Your very I'm calling the cops. Uh, that's where the rules came in. Because <clears throat> yeah. you had to put some limitations on these, like, you yeah. know, ultimately powerful characters. Uh, yeah. I can imagine it would have been pretty tough to write. It's like, just, well, well, there's a problem happening, and they can just make it go away. It's yeah, like, no, exactly. no, 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 no. We have, we have to, any rule we need, uh, it just kind of comes out of the convenience <laughs> of whatever a story problem we're having. Like, sure. you know, oh, no, Timmy, we can't do that. We stopped making breakfast wishes after 1030. Yeah. You know, that, that type of stuff, you know, um, comes up. So that, that's the kryptonite. You know, we need sure. kryptonite for some reason. Back yes. to Superman. Back to Superman. I like that. I wish Vicky had a really nasty cold so she couldn't babysit me this weekend. Sorry, sweetie. No can do. Wanda's right. The rules say that no fairy may grant a wish that directly causes harm to someone else. No matter how much they deserve it. But my wishes get my friends into trouble all the time. But not directly. Butch, have you seen that great thing that's happened on the internet where fans of Fairly Odd Parents have been photographing Cosmo and Wanda in the wild? Oh my god, it's great! Yeah, they, it's they, so they, hilarious. Anything, anything pink and green, yeah. it's so great. And Starbucks has like they have pink and green drinks. I know it's so. Funny. I just did a talk at a college last week, and I actually yeah. took a bunch of those photos and showed. There's like a pink and green house and yeah. a pink and green um, uh, palette jack. People are from, tweeting it and Instagram, and they're saying cool. they're saying we see you, Cosmo and Wanda. You guys aren't slick. We see you hiding. I think it's <laughs> so funny. I think that's great. It's a real. It's a real. Honor to know that that sort of uh, uh, stuff has entered like the zeitgeist. It's Absolutely. really, really cool. Right? Do you have? I mean, yeah, people. There, I can imagine now you're running into kids that have literally grown up with fairly odd yes. parents, mm-hmm. which I think is incredible. It's so great. Um, and I, and you have a, a great story where you're running into into kids now that are a little bit older <laughs> that they're like. 
I understand some of the jokes now that yeah. I didn't get when I was a, when I was a young little kid about like jokes about like the IRS and jokes about you know about adult yeah. things that I'm like that's really funny. Well, um, exactly. Yeah, because we, yeah, I we always we just write what we like. That's yeah. what we do. You definitely have a client, which is your employer. You have to write mm. for them, of course. But you know, when you're doing your show, write what you like because you're gonna love doing it. If you can love what you do, then it's not work. I tell people yeah. I haven't really worked in 30 years because I love what I do. I want to talk to you a little bit about comedy, how important it is to you, what kind of comedic influences you had growing up, mm. what do you like now? Yeah. I mean, you've talked about how, how key comedy is. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. We, um, I think, uh, comedy is a lot harder to write than drama, number yes, one. I thank think you. people, yeah, people are very, very, they're very mistaken if they don't think it is, because drama, and this is not knocking drama writers, but um, uh, drama is basically the story, you know, and uh, you know, and there's ways to push drama, obviously it's it's not easy, but comedy is even harder, because are people going to laugh at what you're doing? Uh, does this tickle somebody's funny bone? And uh, yes. you can tell instantaneously if it does or not but um you know when i grew up i just watched i think basic comedy stuff i mean i watched you know stuff like the brady bunch i watched yeah. uh, happy days i watched yeah. taxi and i really i, I love taxi i love cheers yeah i loved um um, I love the Honeymooners. I would watch yeah. reruns of the Honeymooners over and over and over. And I watch, I still like to this day, because some of the comedies I love now, I love The Office. Yeah. You know, I love, I love, I always tell people The Office is a great example of comedy and why it works because it takes, it doesn't matter what the location is. It takes place in a, in a freaking office. Yeah. But it's the, the characters that really come to life. Yes. And you have, everyone has their own favorite character. Um, if you're writing anything, uh, you make sure the characters are great. You want to follow them forever. Like I point to Star Wars. You want to follow those characters forever. Yeah. Except for the prequels. We'll yeah. not talk about <laughs> Those. But um, you really, you know, when I walked out of Star Wars as a kid, I want to be Han Solo, I want to be Luke Skywalker. You want to be those characters, like Spider Man, any good character that lives for a long time. Yeah. I'm hoping kids out there, like, you know, that's why they love Danny Phantom. He's a good character, and Timmy yes. Turner, and all the other yes. characters you try and come up with too. Absolutely. So yeah, um, but I think comedy really has to have even better characters than drama. I think. But with Fairly Odd Parents, again, it's an incredible idea from the get go. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, those cartoons are so funny. The characters are so good. funny. Rather, the characters are so good yeah. that you can follow them anywhere. One of the things I told the writers years ago is like um, I don't care if these characters are in a white room they have to be hilarious I, I don't care if there's magic yes. they gotta yes. be funny without the magic yes and that's that's what we try and push that's a great test I mean you guys could literally I don't know if you've done the white room episode yet but you could do that right exactly no, no magic in the we've done the no magic thing quite a bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we actually did an funny. we did an episode where there was no sound Timmy's tired of sound he's like oh it's too noisy so I wish there was no sound and then so like for eight minutes there's no sound and it's all <sighs> pantomime but then there's a meteor heading toward Dimsdale and Timmy's gotta warn everybody but he can't because <laughs> he can't talk and so he has to do charades with Cosmo and he he acts out a taco and Cosmo gets it you know because taco a meteor you know yeah. and then, you know of course uh, Maybe the Fairly Odd Parents has been on officially as a show since 2001. Yes. You guys, you did shorts before that. Yes. From like 1998 yeah. to 2001. Mm -hmm. And and, and a, normally a show that lasts this long hits certain walls and becomes a bit stale. But mm -hmm. you guys have managed to find ways to continue to bring in new characters, to tell new stories. Together. Tell us a little bit about the sort that sort of evolving uh, um, storytelling that you guys go through. Well, the cool thing is, um, you know, Nickelodeon has been very, very uh, generous and very open to letting me add stuff, which is great. I mean, they when and first of all, picking it up for so many years, uh, and we do our part too. We get good ratings for them, which is exciting. Yeah. But, you know, we do that. <laughs> but you know, the fact that they'll say, yeah, if you want to do anything with it, you know, when we when we uh, first wanted to have our first big change was have uh, Cosmo want to have a baby. Yeah. You know, poof, that was a big big deal. That got some of our biggest ratings of all time, actually. That episode. 
I remember. Um, that. Yeah, right before kids started getting on phones, it was like right yeah. before the phones came in. Him. We still had, yeah, we still had the kids on TV. <laughs> but we want to again, like I said, write what you like and write what you know. I don't want the show to get boring for me either. I need yeah. to have stuff that oh, this is different. This is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, Timmy can have this character come in or this character come in. Like we have characters now that are part of the show that never even existed eight or nine years ago, like Dark Laser. Yeah. As a character yeah. Timmy brought to life. Timmy had a magic copier and he copied a Darth Vader poster. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Copyright. Dark Laser. Copied a space bad guy poster yeah. <laughs> and uh, the space bad guy came to life. But now he's one of our funniest characters. Yeah. Because he's a super powerful guy that wants to kill Timmy Turner all the time. But now Mr. Crocker's our key villain we go to all the time. Yeah. We started with Vicky. Vicky's great. But we kind of we kind of ran into a wall with Vicky because all Vicky wants Vicky's all kind of Vicky got kind of one note for a while. Sure. Greg Delisle, who does the voice, does a fantastic jo- job yeah. as the as the character. But we started kind of experimenting with other villains, and we just like I kept seeing in my head this Simpsons poster where the Simpsons has a million characters. Yeah. That's really what I always wanted for this show. Oh. I wanted a million characters, so yeah. we were. I think we're almost up to a million. I think so. Yeah. Just about. Weak people of this world, bow to me, your new leader. Dark laser, surrender or face Flipsy, the flipping dog of doom. <laughs> Man, I'd never get tired of that. Um, here's another cool thing, too. You guys did live-action movies. Yes, we did. From Fairly Odd Parents, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. Where did the idea for that come from? Was this something that you're like, if it's going to get done, I want to <clears throat> do it? Instead of somebody else doing a, like a live action adaptation, you know, somebody yeah. else at Nick or some other company, or was it something that Nickelodeon was like, "Hey, we want to try this out." They came to me and they said, "We want to do a live action movie," so and I cool. and I thought this is awesome, of course. And thank you for asking me. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I think Albert Brooks said it very wisely years ago. He said, "If you only have two years to live, don't try and get a movie made." <laughs> so we we uh, we got the I think we got the assignment to do the movie. Yeah. God, I forget what year it was, but then by the time the movie came out in 2010, yeah. it took about three years to get to the small silver screen, the television screen, but we mm-hmm. did that, and uh, it was a big hit, and then they gave us a second one to do, mm-hmm. and we did a Fairly Odd Christmas. The first one was Fairly Odd Grow Up Timmy Turner, Grow up Timmy Fairly Turner. Odd Movie, then it was Fairly Odd uh, Christmas. And then we Fairly did, Odd Summer. Was Fairly the third, Odd Summer. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that came about, we were on a mountain in Vancouver for like two weeks shooting yeah. a, a North Pole uh, movie with Santa yeah. and the Elves <laughs> in real snow, and I said, guys, next movie's in Hawaii, yeah. wink, wink, and they gave me a third movie, and I went fade in Hawaii. I don't care what the story is. We're Doesn't in, matter. Yeah, we're in. We're in That's Hawaii. That's awesome. That's brilliant. So that was fun. When did you know that you were going to do another show for Nickelodeon? The uh, uh, Albie Hecht, who was running Nickelodeon at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Fairly Odd Parents. We were doing our. Um, we'd been picked up for our second season, doing our second season. It was doing really well. Mm-hmm. Took me out to dinner, and it was one of those moments. And again, I always tell people this: always be ready, always have an idea. Because we we're yeah. sitting at dinner, he was picking up our Fairly Odd Parents. I said, "Great!" And you know, uh, he goes, "What else do you have?" Yep. And I said, "Well, I have this other idea I've been toying with uh, about a kid superhero who fights ghosts." He goes, "Great, mm-hmm. let's make it." Yeah, just, just like, like that. Just like that. And I went. He goes, "Can you have it done by March?" This was like in October. I said, "Yeah." yeah. And then my answer, of course, was, "Sure, I can, yeah. absolutely." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, two years later, we finally got it done. Yeah. But uh, Danny Phantom probably has the most rabid fan base of anything. I think of any cartoon, number one. But I think of uh, anything I've ever done for sure. Because I'll, I'll post something on Twitter or, or sure. Instagram. You're great hey, on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, thanks. New new Fairly Odd Parents coming up. Yeah. Bring back Danny Phantom. Yeah. Like tw- twelve <laughs> responses. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm getting Very to passionate. it. You know, it's uh, but they are very passionate and it's very exciting to see that too because that was because that's a whole different show than Fairly Odd Parents totally. and for kids to respond to that as much as they have to that's a real real joy I think you were tapping into that sort of superhero world 
that really breeds that very passionate fan, you know? True. And I think that uh, you're going to have fans for that for forever. What was exciting great. about that is like, because um, Timmy, uh, Timmy Turner's 10 and Danny mm-hmm. Phantom is 14. And mm-hmm. and uh, so there's that age difference. That's a huge age difference uh, yeah. when it comes to kids. And uh, and Danny's going through that phase where he's like trying to meet girls and he's yeah. trying to get, am I going to go to the dance? And he's, then he gets these superpowers and doesn't know how to use them. Yeah. And then uh, then he's got his best friend, Sam, the girl. And are, are, are they going to fall in love? Are they yeah. not? There's always that little moment we have in there it's great and and then there's monsters i think we we really beat twilight to the punch i think because oh, twilight oh don't you know absolutely uh, so you know we I, have really... you even have you seen twilight <laughs> it's pretty much a carbon copy of danny of phantom. danny like, phantom thank you he was just 14 when his parents built a very strange machine designed to view a world unseen now i got two shows i'm doing and now i've got to do storyboards on both shows and oversee both shows yeah. so uh that was a but i loved it though i didn't really get bored of it or tired i just loved it and so uh but it was a lot of late nights for sure but uh, doing it all was a lot of fun so then you're at two mixes a week then you're at you know you're doing two recordings a week and you're doing two storyboards a week and it's very and you have two staffs to deal with and uh, you just mentioned uh, the keyword I'm going to talk about my intern story you said mixes when I was an intern here at Nick Mm. which is crazy I was going to an art school down in San Diego. I, I had the opportunity, thank you for everybody here at Nickelodeon, to be an, an intern in 2009. And the the uh, so fortunate to be able to go into a mix session for mm. Fairly On Parents. Oh, no kidding. And you were there and you were very nice to me. I was? Even after I, I don't think you're going to remember this because I'm sure you you <laughs> were very nice to every intern that I comes was probably in and, really, really drunk. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not no, joking, yeah. <laughs> kidding. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I accidentally almost spilled water. On the on the the, the console, the, the console. Oh, nice! And yeah, you guys had some fun at my expense, and it was great. And it was it, it could have been disastrous. <laughs> and this was my like real major time. Like, oh yeah, I got to go hang out with Butch Hartman today. I almost spilled water over everything and just ruined Fairly Odd. Oh, parents. could you imagine? And, oh, oh my, my god! Gosh. Well, thank you, thank you for not doing that. Hey, that that'd be a heck of a story. That'd be a heck of a story. <laughs> oh wow. my gosh! What is your thing that you're most proud of when you look back at Danny Phantom. You guys did three seasons. What's something? What's what's the thing that you're most proud of when you look at that? Um, I'm most proud of the fact that number one, we got it done. Yeah. And number two, we got it done, and it's very high quality. And and what I'm really really proud of is that it really touches kids still today. They really even younger kids that are just who are just discovering it right now. Yeah. The storytelling in that is really really awesome because yeah. uh, Fairly Odd Parents, um, we did it, it, Fairly Odd Parents has two episodes every half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're two little self-contained episodes. Danny Phantom is a whole half hour story. And yes. uh, I wanted to try that form of storytelling. Danny Phantom starts with a cold opening before the title, so that was kind of cool. There's a little, little bit of the story, then the title, and then the show. Yeah. And um, you know, it was just a different form of storytelling. Plus, I got to bring my own comic book to life, which was really cool. Yes. By the way, Nickelodeon makes some Danny Phantom comic books. Just saying. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Let's get on that. So yeah, that but, people can buy them. That's yeah, exactly. Right. But what was really cool was that um, uh, again, it was different than Fairly Odd Parents. It wasn't yes. the same show, and I was yes. really proud of the fact we were able to tell another. Uh, uh, story so successfully and that was exciting another story you're able to tell very successfully tough puppy yeah where did the idea for that come from this this the the world that is the anthropomorphic animals yeah. right which is very different from fairly odd parents and Danny phantom uh where did tough puppy come from that came from uh i was drawing again i always have a sketch pad with me all the time and i'm always mm-hmm. drawing stuff down or writing stuff down and i'm always i'm always um 
trying to come up with the next thing. Yeah. And uh, I kept drawing this dog in a black T-shirt. I just kept drawing him, drawing him. Yeah. And um, well, there was a time, uh, Nickelodeon here a few years ago, where I got an opportunity to go pitch again, pitch some shows. I set up a pitch, and I had five ideas. I had like five great ideas. And I always, what I always do is I always draw like a movie poster of my idea. I'll draw a big poster cool. and print it up because it seems more real when you do that. So I walk in, I have all these posters. Not, not, nothing's done, just a poster, all I have. Yes. I always say, can you tell a story with one picture? And, um, and for example, like look at the Jaws poster, for example, the big shark, the woman. Sto- Brilliant. You know, exactly. Brilliant. So like with, with a movie poster, can you tell that story? Can you get your idea across with one image? And so I'll... I come in. I come in. I remember I had all the execs sitting there, and I came in with like five ideas. And t- I had Tough Puppy, but I didn't really like it that much. All I had was one drawing of the dog, the black shirted yeah. dog, and he was punching these cats. And I had, yeah. but I had it kind of <laughs> off to the side. Sure. And it was called Stud Puppy at the time. Yeah. We had to change the title because if you Google Stud Puppy, you get a whole bunch of different images. <laughs> yeah. We don't want kids to find. Thanks for doing that research. Uh, right? that, that, I did some homework. Exactly. <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> so uh, I had these four ideas. I'm like, hey, there's this idea, and there's this idea, and there's this idea, and the execs yeah. were bored out of their minds which I couldn't believe I love these ideas yeah. <laughs> but they said what is that idea and I looked over at the Tough Puppy poster and I said oh that I had no idea I said that is get smart with a dog that's what that is no and they just said, came up with it on the right spot. on the spot yeah. and they said oh that's fantastic what do you have on that I said oh you have a whole thing written down I'll go get it for you and I left had nothing and I wrote it all down <laughs> it took me like two hours and I wrote okay he's this he's this here's this here's the city of Petropolis oh Petropolis Metropolis oh they're pets yeah. they're all animals and, yeah. and uh, I had I had basically I came up with the basics in about two hours. I had the villain snap trap and all that, put it all down. And then uh, they bought it from there. And then uh, we ended up uh, making it from there. I want to talk about the Noob Network. Yeah. It's this new, really cool website app thing that's got cartoons, it's got games. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. That is an app uh, that I uh, just launched in July, and cool. it's on the iPhone Store. It's a free download. You guys can buy that. Uh, actually, get it out, get it for free. Buy it for free. You're welcome, America. You're, uh, thank you, America. That's the thing. <laughs> We're gonna make America great again. Yeah. That's my chi- China. Anyway, that's my my Donald Trump. It's anyway, really good. thank you very much. How'd you make your hair do that? That's uh, I know it's weird, right? And I know. Then you See, fixed it right back. That's I know. Great. It's astounding. It's great. Yeah. Just, why'd you bring ten wigs in here, Butch? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, New Network is I, again. I have a lot of ideas I've always wanted to do, and when you yeah. work for a studio like Nickelodeon or any other studio, studios take a long time to. If they do say yes to an idea, it takes a long time to get it done. Sure. And I'm not. I'm very impatient, and so I wanted some place I could do my ideas and I have to wait anymore. So I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to put everything. I'm going to start making cartoons and put them on YouTube on my own. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want my cartoons to look like everything else on YouTube. And so I wanted to make my own YouTube. So I came up with this little land with these little characters called Noogs. And yeah. I, they're like little Smurfs. Yeah. And um, I'm, I, I'm like, I wanted the kids to be interactive with the app. And so you go on the Noog network, you get a Noog. He's, he's like your little avatar. He walks yeah. you around. Yeah. Um, and you can go watch cartoons. You can watch live shows. We have a bunch of live action shows yeah. we've written and produced and Very directed. Cool. Yeah, they're all on there. We have video games. And you can buy other Noogs, too. You can collect them. Mm-hmm. And um, what I really want kids to know is that it's, it's a place. It's no, Number one, it's a safe place for kids. That's our Love slogan. That. Love and, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a... Uh, it's free. Mm-hmm. You only spend money. There's a there's a few in-app purchases you can you can buy extra money for extra shows or mm-hmm. noogs and this and that. And I really want it to grow. And yeah. so like, if I pitch an idea to Nickelodeon, they say no. It goes on the noog network. <laughs> it goes right there. <laughs> That's so. awesome. 
one thing that Nickelodeon did say yes to is a new show that you're working on, Bunsen is a Beast. Yeah. Tell us about that. I'm incredibly excited. Oh, very cool. Uh, Bunsen uh, came out, again, I always have an idea ready. I had, mm-hmm. um, I, I always have a poster ready. Uh, a few years ago, Russell Hicks uh, took over Nickelodeon as the as the head of animation here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't think it's senior VP, whatever they, whatever t- big title he got. But yeah, Russell, Russell's the man, Russell yes. Hicks. Russell and I have known each other for a long, long time. And a uh, great guy. Another piece of advice out there for people, always be nice to everybody. Because yes. you don't know who's going to be where, especially in the entertainment industry. I'm nice to everybody anyway. I try to be. You yeah. said I was nice to you. I didn't <laughs> yeah. yell at you, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, right, here's this guy, Russell, I used to work with. And now Russell's running Nickelodeon. And yeah. it's like, oh, hi, hey. guy I was nice to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Russell is a great guy. But um, he came in my office one day and I had this poster sitting there. I was working on Fairly Odd Parents and Tough Puppy. And uh, I had this poster called Bunsen is a Beast. It was just a kid and a monster kind of looking at each other. Yeah. And uh, he goes, that looks really cool. What is that? And I said, oh, it's a story about a kid and a monster who become best friends. He goes, we should really make that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I really had nothing. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so I started working on it. Bunsen is the first beast to ever go to a human school. And Great. by the way, you don't say monster. Don't say the M word. No, don't no, say no, the, no, no, not the M word. No, but no, M words no. about we with their yeah. beasts. Yes. So Bunsen wants to go to school and he wants to really, really do well and doesn't want to scare anybody. And so Mikey Monroe is this kid who's like signed up for every club in school and he's head of the welcoming committee. Ah. So Mikey has to help him get through school. And, you know, Mikey's just trying to get to school without getting murdered. <laughs> and, you know, now he's got this beast hanging out with him. Yeah. But the beast is actually nicer than most of the kids in school. So that's that's the story. And that's so, great. And then Bunsen's got a cool monster house that Mikey gets to go into. We get to explore the world of monsters, which is going to be a blast. Because yeah. it's like Fairly Odd Parents. There's really no rules. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Fairly Odd Parents has the rules, but it's about magic. And, um, you know, Bunsen really has no rules because monsters can do anything. So it's, yeah. now we have to figure out what those rules are. That's awesome. What do monsters eat? How do they sleep? Where do they, where do they go, you know, well, What's their favorite uh, favorite actor? What are, yeah. Yeah, well, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, did you finally make up that favor to your brother, Mikey, by naming Mikey after? Good catch. Yes, That's yes. very good. Because yeah. every every show I came up with after t- after Fairly Odd Parents, I was like, I'm gonna name him Mike. And, so, yeah. Uh, okay, well, Mikey Phantom didn't work, so yeah. just Danny Phantom, and then Tough Puppy. It, it doesn't rhyme. With, doesn't it's rhyme. gotta be Tough Puppy, man. Sorry, man. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, we're gonna make it up to you. We're gonna put your name in this. Yes, it's exactly. Gonna be the most luxurious, beautiful name. Exactly. In cartoon show. It's gonna be a huge cartoon. Huge. We're so we're be super huge. excited. with these are fantastic people. Uh, but yeah, so Mikey Monroe is named after my brother Mike Hart. Great. Yeah, so I, I made that. Now up you guys have finally made up. He's finally happy. I gotta throw one in there for you now, Hector. Yeah, no, I gotta figure something oh, out. Don't. I don't know. You're gonna make me cry. Don't uh, do that much. Hector the Spectre don't. Detector. Maybe there's a show. Danny what? Phantom. A team-up. See what I'm How saying? How do you guys come up? How do you come up with I'm this? Just, it's one of those Hold things. Hold on to this guy. Oh, the idea's spilling out of his noggin. The guy there, in the old it, shirt. There, it's gold. The man in the old shirt. It's gold, and the shirt is exactly. old as I am. That's amazing. <laughs> the um, sweat's as old as you, too. That's the exciting yeah. part. Yeah, my DNA. We could build another Butch out of this DNA, like Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Butch, this has been an absolute pleasure. Well, you're Hector, it's nice to meet you again, man. I'm glad you got a job. I'm glad you're employed. Yeah, me too. This is very exciting. Very cool. No, it's great, man. But Thank you. But more importantly, I got to talk to an animation legend today, and my favorite thing is that you're actually a great guy. Oh, you, thank you. You know, you. They, say, they, they, they tell people, don't meet your heroes. Not in the case of Butch Hartman, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> he's just a lovely human being. So oh, I really want to thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Butch as much as I did, but I would love to know who you want to hear in the seat across from me. So find Nick Animation on social media and let them know on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. You're not going to want to miss an episode of the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast, so please, please, please visit nickanimationpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts for more episodes and tons of bonus content like behind-the-scenes photos of Butch and me from the podcast, as well as original production art from all 937,000 series that Butch has created. That's not an official number, just 
Marcino. Thanks to the awesome crew who puts this podcast together. This podcast is produced by Jonathan Highlander, Dana Vasquez Eberhard, Kelly Smith, Andrew Huber. Original music by Useful Creatures. All of the incredible social media for our podcast is made by Narbe Manassians, Greg Nix. And thanks to the man who works at controls and makes me sound better than I have a right to, Manny Gralva. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast and keep watching cartoons. Thank you.